Good evening, and welcome to Tuesday Night Live. It's the midweek Bible study for Bright Temple Church of God in Christ. I pray that each of you are blessed on this evening and that the favor of God is upon you. Can I pray with you quickly? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day, for this time, for your people. Lord, we thank you for another opportunity to bring your word to your people. Lord, that your word may be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. God bless you, and we want to go quickly to the word of the Lord on tonight. If you will go with us and follow us in the word, we're going to the 13th chapter of John. And there God is sharing something special with us. Here in the word of God, we're, we're sharing from, I'm sorry, we're actually in Acts chapter 4, verse 13 and 14. Again, that's Acts chapter 4 verses 13 and 14. And the word of the Lord there reads as this. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. I want to read this again. And I want to give you context because this occurred a chapter after Peter and John had healed the lame man. But the word says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that even though they were speaking, even though they were speaking very eloquently about Jesus, they perceived that they were uneducated common men and they were surprised or astonished, taken aback. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man, the lame man who had been healed, who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. And the word of the Lord is blessed. I want to talk to you for a few minutes about the boldness, the boldness to go forward, even when you're scared. Here we see Peter and John, and now they have lost their covering, if you will, in the presence of Jesus. Jesus has gone back home to heaven to be with his father. And now they are operating under their ministry after the dissension of the Holy Spirit. And after they had found the lame man who was there, you look in Acts chapter three for the story there. The man who had been seeking from alms and Peter and John said, look on us. And in the name of Jesus, they said, rise up and walk. They had performed such a miracle in front of those in the temple, around the temple, there at the gate. And many people were not happy with what happened. Many of the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious leaders of the day, they weren't happy with Jesus. And as we've been talking about being a disruptor or disruption has been our topic for this month and will continue to be our theme for the month. Jesus disrupted the order of the day. He was not in line with what people expected, not only in the world, but even as much as more so in the church. He did not follow the certain order, the guidelines, the, the expectations that the religious leaders had put in place and they had been following for so many years. So when he healed the man on the Sabbath day, they were not happy and they also were not comfortable with the attribution attribution. They weren't comfortable with calling him or considering him the son of God. 
if they he had healed in another manner, they may have been satisfied. But because they were uncomfortable with his attribution as being the the Son of God, come who had come to take away the sins of the world, they were unhappy with that fact. So here they confront Peter and John, who I want you to understand, having lost their cover, Jesus was no longer with them. Uh, well, he was not with them physically, in physical form. Because of that, Peter and John had to have another level of boldness. They had to have another level of courage. Considering that Christ was with them, and yes, they were carrying the message of Christ, but they faced strong opposition. Opposition amongst the church leaders who often tried to use that opposition to get them in trouble, not only with the church, but also with the uh, with the order of the day in trouble uh, with not only the religious leaders, but also the civic leaders. They would often take whatever Jesus had done. And now Peter and John, almost in his place, they'd taken whatever they did. And then they, it's like they tried to get the order, the, the city councilmen, they tried to get the governors uh, who were responsible for the area to also oppose these men because of their beliefs, because of their faith in Jesus Christ. So after they had determined to accuse these men, they put in their mind to put them away, to put them to death, to put them in jail. They had a problem in this particular situation. And we see the problem confronted by the scripture that although they wanted to declare that what Peter and John were saying was false, they had a problem. And the biggest problem was that there was evidence that was staring them right in the face. It was difficult for them to discredit them in front of the, the people and those who were following. When the verse tells us here in, in verse 14 of Acts, it says, but when, but seeing the man, the lame man who the people who were around them knew had been lame, they knew he couldn't walk. So the key word here is the fact that the man was standing. Key word in this to get an understanding of what's happening here is that the man was standing. They desired to discredit them, but any effort of what they would say to discredit the man, to credit Peter and John was immediately dispensed by the fact that the man that all of them around had known to be crippled, all of them had known to be lame, he was standing right in their midst. So it was difficult to say that they were fake. It was difficult to say that they were false prophets. When everybody who was in the audience knew that the lame man had been lame, but now he's standing right beside Peter and John as evidence of the power of Christ working through them. Yes, they had to have boldness. Yes, they had to have courage. But even in the middle of them taking a stand for Jesus Christ, it's interesting that God gave them evidence to support what they believed. He gave the crowds evidence to see what God was working through their lives. And I came to tell somebody today, I wanted to encourage someone that you may not have attained and you may have not yet reached the place that you desire to go. You may not be following the path that God has given you, but yet you haven't yet gone to the next level. You haven't yet reached the finish line as to what God said is going to happen in your life. Well, I encourage you today with two things. I want to let you know that first of all, God is going to send you some evidence before you get there. And he's going to send you evidence that others cannot refute. He's going to send evidence that will keep those who dislike you, those who work against you from discrediting, discrediting you. 
They would say more evil. You think people are talking about you bad. There are some who would like to say things against you. But God is going to hold their tongue. Why? Not because of you, but because God is going to surround you with evidence of what he has declared is going to happen in your life. And because we trust God, that gives us the courage to to do things that we ordinarily would not do, to to trust him in a way that we maybe you haven't trusted him before. But I'm just encouraging you right now that I'm declaring in your life that God is going to send some evidence of that which he has already declared in your life, not only to give you boldness to persevere, to go forward, to keep going, but also evidence for those around you to see what God is doing for you in your life. As David said, he prepares a table before thee in the presence of your enemies. Even those working against you are going to have to acknowledge what God is doing in your life. So because I know this, that means I can do it even when it's difficult. I can do it even when people are talking against me because people are going to keep talking. They're going to keep talking. And it's always they. Have you ever noticed it's always they? Some somebody will approach you and they'll be like, they said this and they said that. It's always they challenge you today to ignore what they say. Ignore what quotations, what they say. You have to ignore what they say. Because people are always talking, people always have something to say. It reminds me that even in sport, when I think of different parts of life in sports and And in different parts, you'll see that there are times when people are encouraged to speak to the to the point that even they have signs. I think about in golf, I enjoy watching golf. And if you're in the crowd in the golf audience that you're actually present to watch, they have signs that say, shh, quiet. They want you to be quiet because they want the athlete. They want the golfer to be able to concentrate while they're in the course of making their shot. They need you to be quiet. Often you see other signs too, like at football games or basketball games. Sometimes the cheerleaders will have signs that say, get loud. What they're trying to do is to often use their home court or home field advantage to be so loud that you confuse the enemy, that you cause the enemy to be nervous. Then another sign that you you often see is on the talk show. On the talk show, when they have a a studio audience, they'll, they'll often have a sign that they put up that says applause. And at that point, you're supposed to cheer. You're supposed to applaud. You're supposed to really fill in the space after a joke or fill in the space before the talk show goes to a commercial break. But they want you to applaud. And many of us, we would like to control these signs in our own lives. Wouldn't it be nice that when you need encouragement that somebody would hold up an applause sign? Wouldn't it be nice that when you're confronted by your enemies, if someone would be hold up a get loud sign and all of those people who are with you would stand up and speak up and be loud and confuse your enemies? Or even sometimes in there are moments where you're trying to make a decision and you need to concentrate and you're trying to focus and it'd be nice if someone could hold up a shh, be quiet sign in your life so that those around you will be quiet. They, they won't speak. 
it would be nice if we had signs like that in our lives, but unfortunately, we do not. We, I, I wish there are many times in my life that I could feel that these having these signs and being in control of the chatter around me, being in control of the noises around me, would have been of assistance to me. But what I have learned is that we don't control them. And in fact, I'll tell you who does control them. It's the devil. The devil is the one who's in charge of the signs to cause people to speak up when you really need them to be quiet. And when you need them to cheer, he won't hold up the cheering sound. He'll cause it to be quiet. He will cause those who you thought were with you, who would come to encourage you, those who would give you strength to be silent. And sometimes even in moments where you you are embarrassed, he might hold up a, a laughter sign causing those around you to laugh at you in your moments of discouragement, to laugh at you in your moments of embarrassment. This is what I want you to understand. God controls the outcome, but the devil controls the chatter. The devil is in charge of the sounds of what people make around you. They're quiet, quiet when they, you want them to speak. They're, they're, they're silent when you need them to cheer. They're loud when you need them to concentrate and they're talking too much when you're trying to make a decision. But I want you to understand that even though the devil controls the chatter, God, he controls the outcome. So, yeah, they may be cheering when you fail, but get up anyway. They may be silent when you accomplish something great for which you thought others would cheer you on and applaud for you. But don't worry if they don't applaud. You just keep being great even when they're silent. Because even though the devil is controlling the noise, God, he's controlling the outcome. So I can't be dissuaded by what I hear around me. Because I often say this, faith comes by hearing, but so also does doubt. Doubt comes by hearing. And if you allow that doubt to contaminate your faith, you'll also often be frozen where you are. It's not that you don't believe, but now you lack the courage to act on what God has told you. Again, I'll say that God has spoken to you. He's told you what you want and faith comes by hearing. So you believe that God can do it. But when you also listen to the voices of those around you, that faith can become contaminated. And although you firmly believe that God will do what he said, you've allowed that death to have you in a mode of being frozen. You're not making any moves. You're not acting upon what God told you. But what I want to, to explain to somebody today is what it means to act on faith does not, does not mean that you absolutely have all the evidence you need to proceed that your human mind desires for you to have. And I think that's, that's the problem with what we think faith is. Faith is not only believing what God said, but it's also believing and trusting his timing. That means when God has told you to move and it's time to move, that doesn't mean that you have all the answers in front of you. That means you have to trust God when he says move. I heard uh, I, there was a movie line out there, and of course, they're trying to be ridiculous. But in the realms of faith, you, you get a different understanding. Watch the movie. It's a comedic movie. I cannot attribute it properly. I can't think in the moment who, who, what the movie's about or even who's in it. But it says leap. And the net shall appear. Leap and the net will appear. 
what they're saying is if you jump out there, a net will appear to catch you. Now, as it result, or as it relates to our own human mind and understanding, I, I, I reject that profusely. I reject that out of hand. That's not how we should move or act under human understanding. But when we're following the voice of God, when we're in tune with what God is telling us, sometimes that means jumping when you don't see the next step. Jumping when you don't see the net, the net. Pushing your foot forward and upward, even when you don't see the next step. It means walking out and venturing out, even when it's dark and you can't see your way. But you're trusting God by faith. Faith by what he has spoken to you. Faith according to what he has said you will do in your life. So having faith does not mean I'm believing what God said and I have all the answers and I see the perfect way that I need to proceed. But sometimes having faith means doing, being scared and doing it anyway. Sometimes faith means being a little scared, but trusting the voice of God and doing it anyway. It's like that young child when you first, they may have learned to, learned to swim or they may be learning to swim, but that first time they jump in the pool, there's so much apprehension there. Their, their muscles are tense. And although that child has wants to enjoy the cool waters flowing over their body, they are fearful of jumping out into the water, the expanse of water. It's difficult for them to mathematically perceive whether or not they're going to float, whether or not they'll be able to stand up in that expanse of water. All they see is water and fear immediately seizes their body. They're sitting there teetering on the precipice, ready to jump out, ready to leap. But yet fear often paralyzes them and causes them to hesitate, if not altogether, hold them up and prevent them from jumping into the water. And many of us, are, I'm telling you right now, you are standing on the precipice of jumping out, of leaping out. And I'm telling you right now, when God tells you to leap, jump anyway. You have to leap anyway. You have to go anyway. You have to walk anyway. You have to go forward anyway, even if you do so a little scared. It's okay to keep doing it scared. Because you yet have to trust God. Sometimes what we perceive as fear is just our, a fledgling faith. That means that our faith is growing. And when you leap out, sometimes that faith is consummated by you stepping out and seeing that God will catch you. Seeing that God will not allow you to put more on, will not put more on you than you're able to bear. Sometimes what you call fear is just a fledgling faith and all it needs to do is be watered by the pool that you're about to jump in. It needs to be watered by the step that Peter took outside the boat when he told Jesus, if it be you, bid me to come out on the water with you. He stepped out with a fledgling faith and that faith was consummated as soon as his foot touched the water and he was able to stand and walk out towards Jesus. Don't th it may not be fear. It may not be you being scared, but that twisting feeling that you have on the inside is simply a fledgling faith that needs to be watered by your works. Faith without works is dead, being alone. So that means that faith requires you to jump. That faith requires you to leave. That faith requires you to step out on God.
That faith requires you to go out in the darkness when you can't see your way. That faith requires you to be scared, but do it anyway. Because I will tell you as it relates to God, when God says jump, leap in the net, it will appear. May I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word to encourage us to step out by faith, to trust you even the more. Maybe the very disruption that we need in our life to go to the next level will be found in us stepping out on you. Breaking the flow of lack, breaking the flow of addiction, breaking the flow of finding ourselves in recurring circumstances, finding ourselves in the same place this year that we found ourselves last year and the year before that and the year before that. We're still on the ledge, teetering, having understood that you've asked us to jump, but we've been seized and paralyzed by fear. But instead of, but instead of operating in fear, we should understand that our apprehension is just our fledgling faith that needs to be watered. Our faith that needs to be watered by jumping out and trusting you. Lord, we have heard your word. We know that faith comes by hearing. And we're going to trust your word, Lord. You have told us to leap. You've told us to jump. You've told us to step out. You've told us to be bold, to be daring. You, Jesus, you even said, if we ask anything in our, your name, it shall be done. Nothing, nothing shall be impossible to us. Help us to exercise and water that fledgling faith, even on this year. Let it be consummated in the deep waters of the place of purpose where you've told us to jump, the place of purpose that you've told us to step up to. And Lord, once that has been consummated, Lord, help us to trust you even more. That once that faith has been consummated, Lord, you're going to challenge us to trust you even more. To jump from a higher place, to take a bigger step to venture out into even a deeper darkness where we cannot see our way. But the only thing that we'll be able to do is just simply trust you. Lord, the man approached Jesus and he said, Lord, I, I believe that you can heal me, my, my, my daughter, my son. But he said, help me in my areas of unbelief. Lord, help us right now for our faith is failing, where our faith is fledgling, where it needs to be watered. Help our unbelief so that we can trust you more, so that we can step up higher, so that we can jump out with confidence, knowing that when we do, by faith, whatever you've told us to jump out into, when we leap, your net will appear. And we ask all these things in God's son, Jesus name. Amen. God bless you. God keep you. God help you to step out into the next level. God help you to jump out into the expanse and trust that God will catch you wherever you go. And until I shall see you again, may God be with you and may you live with great faith and expectation. And remember Faith without works 
Being alone is dead. I challenge you to step out. I challenge you to lead. I challenge you to jump. And I challenge you, as God has instructed you, to go out into the darkness, even when you can't see your way. And know that God didn't say it'd be easy, but he said, I'll be with you. God bless you.